Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say... Goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things that we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And the good news is that we're not experts. But the even better news is that we are two (laughs) friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And you can find everything that we talk about on our website, Forever 35 Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Forever 35 Pod, Instagram, where all the action is at Forever 35 Podcast, and over on Facebook, where the Forever 35 Facebook group lives, where the password to join is serums. Yeah, and you can sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. You can call or text us at 781-591-0390. And you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I do just want to put in another plug for the product recommendations that I'm offering now. You are 
Really, I think leaning into the fact that you are an expert, and I just want to applaud this. Well, thank you so much, Kate. So as I mentioned on Monday's episode, I'm doing these product consultations. You can ask me to recommend one product, two products. I can overhaul your whole nighttime routine. If there is another type of consult that you are looking for, just send me a message and we can work something out. But you can find that on shopmyshelf.us slash Dory Shafrir slash consults. And we will also link to it in the show notes. And you can also find the Forever 35, all of our, you know, podcast product recs at shopmyshelf.us slash forever35. So check those out also. Eventually, I'm going to get my act together and get my Shop My Shelf going because I get a lot of questions about like very specific things in my Instagram stories. It's normally like, yeah. where are those glasses from? Well, you know, I think it's just like, I think sometimes people don't realize that like those like people just DMing you like, hey, can you recommend a cleanser or whatever? Like those things take time and like take our expertise. And so um, we are just, you know, I'm just sort of charging a a, a nominal amount um, to continue to make those recommendations. But also all of my just sort of like general product recs are on my shop, my shelf, and they're also on the Forever 35 shop, my shelf. Will it be awkward if I request a consultation with you? No. In fact, okay. that would be kind of cool because then you could be like, wow, you are way off base. Or you could be like, you really <laughs> get would, me. That would be horrible. Couldn't do that, that to you. So funny. <laughs> I am in the market for a new vitamin C serum. I really, I, my summer Fridays like f- officially ran out today. I had to take the lid off and like pound it into my hand to try to get some out. So, well, Kate, if you just fill out the questionnaire on my shop, my shelf, you can okay. get a product recommendation. All right. I might do that because I'm feeling, I'm honestly feeling overwhelmed by the amount of vitamin C's and like whatever decision I make is going to be the most important decision of my life. This is how I disassociate from the, from the traumas of the world. But yeah, I mean, I put look, it all into a vitamin C. We've all been there. Right. <sighs> Yes. Now, Kate, yes, you have some, you got some like not great news recently about well, your hand. It was expected news. I knew okay. it was going to come to this. I had a hunch, which is that I have to get a second surgery on the hand that I broke in October 2021 playing tug of war. If you are new to Forever 35 or if you kind of missed this pivotal moment in my life, I wrapped a rope around my hand in a tug of war competition. And that went very poorly for me. And I uh, had a very severe break in my hand and had to get surgery. And I have plates and screws in my hand. And the biggest problem, oh gosh, sorry. The biggest problem is that I have scar tissue in on the injury site. So not like on, on the outside of my mm. skin, but inside. And that is making my active mobility really poor. So I have some passive mobility, meaning I could like push my ring finger down and it will go to almost a full fist. My pinky, I still can't, but they don't, they definitely don't go there on their own. So I am going to have um, like, you know, after six months of, you know, twice a week occupational therapy with hand therapists. I get a lot of questions when I post about this. People are like, are you just seeing a physical therapist? Or are you seeing, I'm seeing Mm. people who only deal with hands, 
who are amazing at their jobs, but we, we've kind of exhausted everything I can do in occupational therapy. So, and then I had two, um, oh God, what are those things called? Those shots. Oh my God. Why can't cortisone? I had two cortisone shots in my hand to see if that would loosen things up. It did nothing. And they were so painful. So, now I'm going back to surgery. The good news is, is that apparently the recovery from this second surgery is very quick and I have to be moving my hand almost like immediately to get things going again. So it should be much easier than the first time around because it's, there's no injury anymore. You know, like the first time around I had bones that were like completely out of place and but there's no injury. So that's where I am on my broken hand journey. And I, you know, what? I actually posted about it on Instagram and I heard from so many people who had kind of been through other hellish, you know, multiple surgery, broken bone situations. And that was very reassuring because I don't know, I don't mean a lot of people with like, who are my age with like broken bones that are constantly having to get surgery on them. You know, I feel like Mm. a a lot of my kids' friends are breaking their arms, falling off the monkey bars and stuff like that, which is awful. But I don't know. I mean, again, you know, not a lot of 42-year-olds playing uh, tug-of-war with really bad strategies. So maybe that's why. So that's where I'm at. So I'm just kind of making peace with the fact that I have to schedule a surgery, go have a surgery again, have this go through this recovery. It's going to impact different parts of my life. And my husband's job is going about to get really crazy again, which means he won't be around. I mean, it's just, you know, just figuring it all out and trying to just accept it for what it is. And ultimately, it's a good thing because hopefully it means it will improve my hand. Well, I'm excited that you are kind of getting this resolved, hopefully, but sorry you've been on this like journey. It is one of the stupidest things I've ever experienced in my life. (laughs) Like, ugh. To have a severe, not a severe injury, but to have an injury that has impacted my life and to have done it in the dumbest of ways, which I think oftentimes these, these injuries happen that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, you hear these stories where you're like, oh, I was just like drunk and walking up and I slipped on an ice patch or, you know, there's always, or like our friend who like slipped on the, on the two step staircase in her living room and like broke her foot yeah yes i mean one of my best friends in college like tripped over nothing and broke her collarbone you know it's just it's i mean i hurt my foot putting henry in his car seat like slipping on the lip of the driveway like yeah you had to wear a boot for that i had to wear a boot like it just you know uh, shit happens kate it does. Shit happens. And, and I just you know, don't think I, we should like, uh, like, I don't think we should beat ourselves up over the the manner in which we got the injury. That's what that's all I'm saying. That's fair. I mean, I agree. It's just sometimes I'm like, what the fuck? What? I did this to myself. What was I thinking? Like, what, what was I doing? But you know I what? Again, that. I can't change the past. I can only exist in the present yeah and the present includes 
more surgery. <laughs> more surgery. <laughs> Whilst, you know, uh, I have another book that'll be coming out uh, next year. And so I've got to get cracking on revising that baby. And that requires my hand. So, you know, it's a dance. It's a delicate dance. That but requires at your hand. <laughs> at least it's my, I broke my non-dominant hand. That's probably been the best part about this whole situation. Thank you. Being left-handed. Yeah, I broke my dominant hand in high school, oh, and it was God. it was not fun. So that sounds really tough. I hate really I tough hate when people are like, "At least you didn't blah blah blah." But like, no, no, really, no, no. At no, least, no. at least you didn't break your dominant hand because that well, really f- freaking sucked. And everybody, anytime I meet anyone, they assume it's my dominant hand because I broke oh, my right. right hand. Yes, yes. So they're yes. always like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Guess what? I'm left-handed. It made it so much more manageable." <sighs> Uh, anyway, speaking but of still the past, not still not fun, but yes, no, I pre thank you for validating me. It's not fun. You're right. It's not. But I, I, you know, trying to see those silver linings, write them down in my silver linings playbook. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> that was why almost I- as good as the time you quoted Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really having like a middle aged dad uh, renaissance right now. I don't know yeah. what's going on. I'm into it. Mm. Well, we have a really lovely guest this week. And Dory, I think I just want to hand this over to you because this is someone who has played a very important role in your life for, dare we say, decades. Yeah. I mean, as we mentioned in our conversation, it's been almost 30 years. We met, we met like literally the first day of freshman year of college and we're now in our mid 40s. So like, my gosh. Um, there is some fun, like, 90s nostalgia in the episode when we kind of go through our uh, various Lukes uh, at the time. A lot of conversations <laughs> about wallet chains. Wallet chains, dog collars, drain chains, etc. What is a drain chain? Like, one, like a bike chain necklace? No. Um, it's like those little silver balls. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. 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 You've yep, seen yep, them. If you saw one, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep. You know what I'm you talking about. You were cool about. in 1995. I love I it. Was, I was so cool. So cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So we talked to my very dear friend, Niharika Desai, who is an extremely accomplished director of documentaries. And it was just such a pleasure to get to talk to her. And um, we got to talk about her work on her on a new Netflix series and just being a working mom and our friendship and how she like her whole career path like it's just it's just such a such a great conversation and I'm just really glad we got to talk to her. I'm going to read her like official bio because mm-hmm. I can't really do her professional life justice with just my gushing So here we go. Hmm. Niharika is a two-time Emmy and GLAAD-nominated Gracie and Imagine Award-winning filmmaker. Imagine Imogen? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that. With nearly 20 years of experience in documentary film and television. Most recently, she directed and executive produced a documentary special on mental health with Lady Gaga called The Power of Kindness and directed Netflix's Principles of Pleasure limited series streaming now possibly trending now uh, which is a groundbreaking three-part documentary series on pleasure wellness and sexuality for women and non-binary people 
Her other work, show running, directing, or editing, can also be seen on HBO, CNN, Showtime, MTV, AMC, National Geographic, TLC, We, Oxygen, Vice, and Viceland, and film festivals globally. And apropos of nothing and everything at the same time, she was also one of the first South Asian American VJs for MTV World back in the aughts, which we did talk about. I cannot get over this. (laughs) Our second MTV VJ correspondent to be featured here on Forever 35, because of course we had Suchin Pak. Oh yes, Suchin Pak, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, this, just the idea, I say this in our interview, but the idea of being an MTV VJ is to me like that was the dream job for those of us who grew up watching TRL. Like TRL was our TikTok. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I'm like literally sweating just thinking about how esteemed it is to be an MTV VJ. That's all. Um, it was very cool. I mean, as someone who was her friend at the time, it was like, it was very cool. So I'll, that's all I'll say. Um, all right. So we are going to be right back with Niharika. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. 
Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Niharika, we are... So excited to have you on Forever 35. An actual dream come true for me to be talking to one of my oldest friends on the pod. Direct from Istanbul. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It is. Yes, it is wild. Direct from Istanbul during Ramadan. Wow. Wow. Ramadan Mubarak. Well, gosh, I mean... I would say where to begin, but we always begin in the same place, which is asking our guests about a self-care practice that they have. (laughs) So would you care to enlighten us about something that you are doing that you would consider self-care? Yes. Well, uh, it, it occurred to me on the eve of my 45th birthday this year, it occurred to me that I actually don't take care of myself. So um, earlier this year, I had a revelation because so now I'm in Istanbul and I do a lot of work at night. I work with people in LA and people in New York. So I'm up till three in the morning. And then most of the time I'm solo parenting a toddler. So then I'm awake till three in the morning. And then I wake up with Goldie, my daughter, uh, at six or seven in the morning. So I had this revelation that power naps during the day would really help me. <laughs> Kate was just talking about this. It's I took life changing. Have you been doing it? I've been doing it every day. I usually hit a circadian trough around like two thirty, two forty-five, and I just set my timer for it. And I take I take like a thirty-minute power nap, and I've never been a napper, but it's changing my neural pathways. So that is that is a legit self-care practice that I have incorporated into my life. Now, let me ask have, you something. Oh, go ahead, Mary. Oh, you well, go first. I was just going to say, do you like get into bed and like get all cozy or is this like a couch situation? Like oh, where is this happening? Couch. It is couch. it is like when it's like so I, I have all these other rules. Dory. As you know you. me, I am what type I, of like I had to bite my tongue when you said it recently occurred to me that I do not take care of myself because I was like, we could have told you this twenty years ago, but like, yeah, okay. I mean, we all come to these realizations at some point, and like, you can lead a Niharika to napping, but you can't make her nap. <laughs> well, you know? so. I can't ever get in my bed with my street clothes. So Mm -hmm. like Phoebe Robinson. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, um, so I am a straight couch napper. The couch nap is refreshing. I actually like the firmness of my sofa. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. no, no blankets. Just, I, I, I just sort of like. I go from a sitting position to lying. I set the timer and I do it. And it's been, it, when I say new neural pathways, I have like, there's been a developmental leap 
in my mind since I've been doing this. Yeah. Do you think it's the rest that's providing this? Like just the kind of that moment it's changing things or is it, I I need to hear more about this. I think, well, I think on like a physical, like cellular Mm. level, I think it is actually helping get more oxygen to like my brain and my blood. Um, So I think, I, I do think on a physical level, it's helping. I think on a meta physical level, it's also helping me because I'm having all these sort of empowering, like it's really empowering to think I'm valuing myself right now to lie down and rest because I know I work hard. And then sort of the, the chain reaction of thoughts that happen, stay with me, but this is so profound. Basically, I... I'm going to do this annoying thing where all through the podcast, I'm going to be like, well, Dory, you know this about me. But <laughs> Oh, no, I think it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm the child of immigrants. I'm a child, child of very hardworking immigrants. And I have inherited their work ethic. Mm. I have inherited, um, you know, I have lived in America chasing the like elusive and fake American dream. You know, we're all the product of unchecked capitalism. Yes, I'm going there on the podcast. But um, I feel like when I take a nap and when I wake up, I realize that was something I could do for myself that required no money, just my time and just saying, mm. you're going to rest. And then when I wake up and then the neural pathways that are created are I have a moment of reflection where I think, oh, well, you are doing a lot, Niharika. You are like working on an LA um, schedule in Istanbul. You are making films and TV <laughs> from the other side of the world. It's a real, maybe, maybe this is meditation. I don't know. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've learned transcendental meditation and that practice is, you know, two times a day for 20 minutes a day. And I often when I do it, and I don't have a consistent practice, and I haven't done it in forever, but I'll fall asleep. And but it's like that. But because it's not the deep sleep, you kind of like, you know, you jolt awake, and you're able to kind of resume life a little bit. I I wanted to know, what accommodations do you have to make in order to like, mentally take that pause? Because like stopping in the middle of the day when you're kind of rushing and working and also you're you've explained so beautifully like this this work ethic that's that you've carried your whole life like was it hard to give yourself permission to take that break and is it hard to like shut off the emails put your phone away for a minute not think about work and family and life and just let your brain and body shut down oh yeah it was like I felt shame in the beginning. Mm. I really, so something had happened where I have had a, re- a really, really exhausting past couple of years. Um, and something had happened earlier this year where I was like, I had like a chronic dry cough that wouldn't go away. And I would, I kept like PCR testing myself, but I think I was just really run down and exhausted. Um, and I also realized that I was, getting impatient with my daughter and she's only three. So like, she's a pea brain. She's going to annoy me. And I just, so I said, I have to do something. And, you know, a lot of my friends here were like, you like, need to sleep more. <laughs> like you're always messaging us. Um, and across the world, everybody I talked to. And, 
Um, so there, so like, I actually thought I have to do this. And when I first started, I felt shame, like mm. just embarrassed, like alone in my, like my kid was at school, but I still felt like embarrassed. Like, what is it about? Like, what is it? What have I been like inculcated with my whole life that made me embarrassed in my own house to like take a sofa nap for, it's only 25 minutes. It's not like I sleep for two hours, but like, um, so then there was shame. And then I just, and then I, I felt like, am I wasting time? And then I just forced myself, you know, I thought, just got to do it. Like my brain needs to regenerate itself somehow. Um, and now it's just sort of like, and, and, you know, I should also like shout out the fact that I'm very privileged that my daughter has a nanny and she comes and she'll, she, she comes, she drops my kid off at school and then she comes home and she helps out and then she'll go pick up my kid. And so at first, I would take the nap when she left the house because I was embarrassed because I thought, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know. I'm just this like weirdo lady who's like on a computer 24 hours a day and on Zoom calls and then like <laughs> sleeping in front of her on the sofa. Um, and then I told her she's like a part of our family and just I'm so grateful for her existence. And one day I told her, I'm really tired. And she said, yeah, you never sleep. You need to get in bed and sleep. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna take a nap right now in front of you. Is that cool? And she was like, I wish you would. She's so sweet. She was like, I wish you would. And now every day she reminds me to power nap. She's oh, like, wow. have you, she says, have you done your power nap? And I'm like, no, good reminder. I'm going to set my alarm now. I think it's so interesting you mentioned like that feeling of shame or like like giving ourselves this permission to rest and like that's a valid use of our time is, is especially as you mentioned being you know growing up and seeped in capitalism can be really hard I like it, there is this kind of weird shame that can come along with it and then shame of like why can't I do it it's it's we're not conditioned to take care of ourselves in that way mm-hmm yeah. I think it's, and somebody it's also, oh, go ahead. sorry. Oh, I was just going to say someone once tried to compliment me and told me I was compulsively productive. And I realized, speaking of how we're, we're raised, I think like I need to slow the productivity down a little bit. Mm. And that's what I learned. I mean, I was going to say something kind of along those lines, which is like how workaholism is so inextricably linked to capitalism and how we equate being a workaholic with like moral value, which is like so fucked. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. to kind of try to like start to unlearn all of that, I think is really, really difficult. So I'm really proud of you for like taking that step. Thanks, Dor. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we could have had you on the pod at any time over the last four years because whatever, you're amazing and like one of my best friends. But the precipitating event for having you on right now was the fact that you directed an amazing three-part limited series for Netflix called The Principles of Pleasure, which really was mind-blowing and... um very educational. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, you know, mm -hmm. for me as a also almost 45 year old woman, I mean, this comes up a lot in the in the series, just how ignorant so many people are of 
anything having to do with sex and their own bodies. Um, so could you give us a, just for the benefit of our listeners, could you give us just a kind of rundown of the show and how you came to be involved and um, what it was like working on it? Yeah, sure. So um, it's Principles of Pleasure, three-part documentary series streaming now on Netflix. And um, it's about, so it's interesting. It's about pleasure for women and non-binary people. But in a lot of ways, um, it's that's a misdirect because it's about so much more. Because once you talk about pleasure, once you open Pandora's box of deconstructing what pleasure means for us. Mm -hmm. It's about so much more. It's about consent. It's about bodily autonomy. It's about health and wellness. It's about the societal constructs, including unchecked capitalism and like grind culture that keep mm -hmm. us from loving ourselves. So I think on a very surface level, it is a very straightforward open, mature conversation about sex ed, which I think everybody needs, you know, no matter how you identify. But I think particularly women and non-binary people, I just want to say, actually, there's a lot of people left out of the conversation. But what we focused on were women and non-binary people. Certainly the trans population is left out of the conversation, BIPOC people, um, you know, people of lower income brackets are left out of the conversation. The, the sex and pleasure conversation only really happens with, um, or for really privileged people. So we wanted to kind of draw people in. And I think as the mother of, uh, you know, a young person who, who identifies as female now, I thought to myself, it's so important for her to you know, obviously she's not watching the series because like I said, she's a pea brain. She's too young right now. <laughs> I hope it's cool that I call my kid a pea brain. Like repeatedly. we permit it. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it taught me so much in directing the series. I, a, I learned so much, but it helped sort of, you know, let's talk about shame. You know, I, I am, I am a person who feels shame napping <laughs> and, and like my preferred sartorial style is a, like a button down every day. Like my husband jokes, I basically sleep in button downs, you know, <laughs> like I am a very buttoned up person. So to have to confront my lack of knowledge about my own body, you know, was really fascinating and something that I hope I can have open conversations with with my daughter, you know, because actually she deserves, she deserves pleasure. Everybody deserves pleasure, you know? And I think, um, it's given me this new kind of understanding as to how to communicate with her. So that is, that is like not, I don't even think that I'm giving you an iota of what the series is because it covers so much. Um, Real quick, episode one is about is sort of like relearning sex ed. Episode two is about the brain as one of the biggest sort of players in the sex and pleasure game. Um, and then episode three is about how we how we sort of approach relationships with other people. Um, it was a labor of love. I was I was brought on the amazing production company, The Front actually created the series. Um, it's fronted by Thalia Mavros. Um, and then I was brought on as the series director. 
And I worked with the amazing showrunner, Mona Punchall. The whole team was phenomenal. It was a dream. And the series was made entirely by women and non-binary people, which was the best experience of my life creatively. Mm. And, you know, I think we have had so many open and honest conversations about ourselves, our bodies, how we're relating. You know, I, I think everybody changed throughout the process of making the series. Um, of course, like the fun fact is we made this series during like deep, deep end, end of like end of non-vaccinated times COVID. Ooh, yeah. So I moved, uh, my daughter Goldie <laughs> into my parents' house in Wappingers Falls, New York. And I pre-produced, I basically made like through production, I made the show at my parents' dining table. So my parents, my like, my very, like, they were very good sports, but my, my old Indian parents heard me having like very long Zoom calls <laughs> about vulvas. <laughs> <laughs> Has your, have your parents watched the series? They have. Okay. So, so the series dropped on March 22nd when they were visiting with my brother and his family. And I was like, Hey, you guys are together. Why don't you watch Principles of Pleasure? <laughs> they did not do that. No, no, they did not watch it together. My parents came back and they watched it. They did watch it. My mom texted and was like, we watched it. I think your father passed out a few times, but <laughs> we're very proud of you. Aww. And, you know, like I wish I could, I wish that I was like more evolved and maybe my daughter will be this way with her father. But like, I wish I was evolved enough to be like, yeah, dad, well, now you know about the G spot. <laughs> but <laughs> Instead, I was just like, Dad, I hope you did earmuffs. <laughs> it was, oh it God. was, it's, it's fairly graphic, but it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm very proud of them for watching it and they love me and support me. What did it bring up for you personally and your own, uh, hangups or I don't know if insecurities is the right word, but complex feelings about your own sexuality and pleasure? Ah, well, insecurities is the right word. Um, first of all, I thought, I, I thought my body was broken. Like I didn't understand, you know, like speaking of the G spot, I, I had heard of it and I was like, Oh, everybody, like everybody knows how to like work their G spot. So like this is not a huge spoiler if listeners have not watched the series, but you know, we sort of deconstruct actually what the g-spot is and it's not like a magic button inside everybody's vagina um and i thought there was like i thought i was missing the magic button inside my vagina and um i think understanding that there is nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you like i don't even know kate anything about you know your sex life or your wellness or your pursuit of pleasure but i know there's nothing wrong with you you know, and mm. any, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm like a, you know, in the same way that I took like naps as self care to like a metaphysical level, I think one thing that I hope people take away from this series is just more compassion for themselves. And if you have compassion for yourself, you're going to have it for people you don't even know, you know? And I think that's the thing. There's so much we don't know. There's so much 
the cards are so stacked against, you know, 99% of the world with like, you know, systemic structures of oppression, you know, especially when it comes to our bodies. So, um, I think that is something that, that I think just finally feeling like, again, coming back to shame, you know, like I don't have to feel shame for, you know, being who I am or sort of, uh, not feeling things I thought people felt, not doing things the way I thought people did it. Um, and I, and I'm, I made my husband watch it with me, Mm. (laughs) which is like possibly the most important thing. And, um, you know, he's a pretty Dory, you know, Mark, he's like a very sensitive, lovely guy. And he kept looking over to me and being like, wow. Like, not wow, like, wow, not wow, there's a clit, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but that would be okay. (laughs) But, but like, wow, like just with like empathy and compassion, because we tried to connect the dots on how hard it is for people to grasp pleasure. And, and for me, by the way, pleasure comes in the form of napping for me. You know, it does not always have to be like, multi-orgasmic events it could be again self-care exactly what you guys do and you guys talk about and you guys support yeah and i think decoupling self-care from the structures of capitalism is one of the challenges both you know that we all have i think internally but also like on this podcast (laughs) um so i do really appreciate you know, the fact that you said like a nap is a, is free. Like it's something that it's accessible to pretty much everyone. Um, so yeah, so I really appreciate that. Um, Niharika, can you talk a little bit about your career path? Because, and like, this is where I think having known you for like more than 25 years, I just have like an inherent advantage over most of the guests, like in terms of like knowing things I can ask you, but but like, (laughs) it wasn't like when we were in college, you were like, I'm going to be a documentary filmmaker. Like it didn't, that seemed like something that kind of developed over time um, Mm -hmm. with a few like career, I don't want to call them like false starts, but like different career experimentation. Yeah. Let's say, um, And, you know, I think you and I both identify as late bloomers Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I'd love for you to kind of talk about how that manifests in your professional life and sort of like how you, how the winding path you took has led you here. Yes. Um, I would love to talk about that because I think, well, Dora, this is why I loved your book. Uh, like confronting late blooming and, and, and owning it because I think I'm on that journey. I've been on that journey to, mm-hmm. you know, we went to, we met, uh, am I allowed to like, like uh, my favorite story about us? Am I allowed to just like drop human bingo on human, the world right now? Yes. Human bingo. Let's tell everyone. Oh my gosh. I am ready. <laughs> Okay, picture it. (laughs) West Philadelphia, 1995. Yep. Okay, yes. Wow, okay. Um, We were in the quad 
which is like the big like where a lot of freshmen at Penn live. Yes. Oh, yes. I have to tell. Yes. So we were at <laughs> we're at Penn. Um, we were we were in the quad, the big housing, you know, um, dorm. Structure. It was freshman orientation, so classes had not started yet. But you know, we were doing all these kinds of like. And you had to, they yeah. had us watch The Sixth Sense. Oh yeah, I didn't do that because I thought it would scare me. Just FYI, I think I like walked by it. Anyway, sorry. Please proceed. Um, so I was, I was very grumpy. I got to Penn and was just did not feel. And and by the way, like um, this this story, this is like a. a this is the first step in me talking about late blooming because I think actually going to Penn affected my bloomage in a lot of ways. Um, my late bloomage. Um, so we human bingo orientation activity. I was a grump. I did not want to go out and meet people. You know, I had had, I was coming off of like, you know, a great experience in high school in, in Poughkeepsie in like in the nineties, you know, we would like sneak into Vassar bars. We would drink Budweiser's in the woods. Um, we would hang out. We were like, you know, it was one of those like circle of friends moments. Um, and then I got to Penn and I felt totally lost, felt like a tiny fish in a massive ocean. So. Human bingo. I'm like, fine, I'll do human bingo. I put on my Jenkos. I put on my wallet chain. <laughs> um, and then I went and, you know, you had, you had like a, a piece of paper fill out and you had to like find someone with black hair, find someone with this. Anyway, it's the end of human bingo. And I see this human where I'm like, I love her. I want to be her friend. It was Dory Shafrir. She had like, she had like a Winona writer from Reality Bites, like pseudo shag haircut. Am I Which, right in this? In this? Yes. And I had dyed my hair Red. in the hotel bathroom. Like my, my parents and I had driven down from Boston. We stayed in a hotel the night before we like moved into the dorm and I dyed my hair in the hotel bathroom. My mom was like, are you insane? Like there's like Auburn <laughs> dye everywhere. It was so cool. Okay. So I I believe it. I love this so much. I was also wearing turquoise nail polish that I had bought that summer on my trip to London. Oh, that's I was like, I said that was the very first sentence. Okay, now, Dory, you're not going to remember this. I'm going to sound like a psycho stalker. But the very first thing I ever said to you was I love your nail polish because it was you know, in the like dim, in the like hazy golden hour of West Philadelphia, it looked baby blue to me. And I was like, this is a revelation. Who, who is this human? I love her. And you well, were like, I was so like, much. finally, someone in this like fratty, like school of like really like, I don't know, people who I got there and I was like, I do not relate to you at all. I was like, finally, someone gets me. <laughs> You know, one day and in. I, and I was also like, I had come from, you know, I hadn't dyed my hair in the sink, but I used to cut my own hair as people who used to know me know. I still kind of cut my bangs. I have very different hair from what I had at university. I had like a, a short, like, spiky. It was, 
Yeah, it was. It you was, did dye it at one point. It was like it was blonde at one point. It was it was platinum blonde at one point. Um, yeah, so it was it was very it was definitely like nineties. Was the nineties? The dream of the nineties was alive with us. And so I saw Dory, and and you said my name's Dory, but I had had such a sheltered existence. I never heard the name Dory before. So I'm like walking back to my dorm, being like, Did she say Doreen? Did she did she say Dor Dor Doreen? And like, there were no iPhones. I was like, how am I ever going to find her again? We had the Facebook. We had the freshman Facebook. We had, we had the freshman Facebook, which is literally an analog book with black and white photos of people's faces. So good. You would circle people you were interested in. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. How did we find each other again, Dor? You know, we, I feel like we weren't. We didn't become super close freshman year. Like we kind of like circled each other, yeah. I feel like. And then sophomore year, were you living with when you were living with Irene, right? Weren't you did you guys live together? Oh, right. We well, no, we lived sort of like one floor away, right? Okay. So yeah. yeah, so then we did, and, Oh, that's right. So yeah, so we so we met freshman year and but then I would say by like sophomore junior, we we're very good friends and then senior year we lived together. Um, and yeah, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting also to, to discuss the, like the concept of late blooming and, and like meandering to our like special purpose, because, um, I, when I lived with you, I just thought you had it all figured out. I mean, you did have it all figured out. I know internally you were probably feeling different ways, but it was really inspiring living with you and just sort of seeing what a powerhouse you were. But I shan't embarrass you more. Um, but it was, Jeez. it was, yeah. <laughs> I think, okay. So, so me getting into filmmaking, you know, when I was in high school, I got my dad's Canon AE1. Um, my dad's like a brilliant photographer, but he's also, an engineer by trade. Um, so I think I gained his love of photography. Um, but I also think I just didn't, you know, I went, I went, Penn is a very pre-professional school. Um, I did not, you know, I, I didn't understand how to channel myself. I didn't understand that being a storyteller could take so many different forms. Mm. I think if you knew me, you knew that I was like, um, I was, yeah, I was a storyteller, um, but I didn't know what to do or how to channel that. So mm-hmm. when I left school, you know, I feel like everybody else, you know, like Mark, one of our other BFFs, he was like, I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to be a master architect. And, you know, I was just in awe of my friends who were like, first of all, brilliant, but also really going after in a laser-like way what they wanted. And Um, I didn't know, you know, I left and I was, I I became a girl Friday for a hairstylist, which was an amazing experience after I graduated university, you know, in New York city, um, nine 11 happened. And that was sort of like a profound experience, kind of splitting the city open. And it was really hard to find jobs, especially when you kind of left with like a religion religion and psychology major. Um, so I didn't know what to do. And then I, um, 
you know, for me, it felt like years until I found documentaries, but I actually became like an apprentice editor pretty early on, maybe like when I was 23, you know, but it felt like, oh my God, I'm like the oldest intern in the world. And I, I started working, um, for an amazing film company, Insignia Films, um, as sort of an apprentice, inter- paid intern, whatever you want to call it, loading tapes on the Avid. And I learned what um, film editing was. So I followed that path. And for a very long time, I was a film editor in documentaries, but also in like reality TV, like my super sweet 16 and made and engaged in underage and all that stuff. And that, that was like a brilliant experience. But um I never quite felt like it was my special purpose. And I also, again, like going back to, you know, being so inspired by my immigrant parents who, who are such hard workers and, you know, just it's so practical. I always thought, I felt like, again, the like, the conversation of shame comes up, like, who am I? Like, who am I to navel gaze and think about what my career should be? Like, I need to work. I need to earn money. Like, editing is a very reliable job. It's almost like engineering, but mm. with photos. <laughs> <laughs> I think in terms of late bloomage, like, I think a constant, a constant sort of internal monologue I have, and I don't know if it's because I've, like, heard it from people or because I've created in my head is, who am I? Who am I to take a nap? Who am I to say I want to direct now? Who am I to just totally step outside of the edit room and do something else? And I think that is something that gets in the way of me and a lot of people, especially women, you know, BIPOC people, like, who am I to want this? Who am I to want to be ambitious? I think like, I don't know, like, Somewhere along the line, it was telegraphed to me subliminally that I wasn't the person, that there were only a certain number of people who were able to say they wanted to be film directors because, you know, they got that like Super 8 camera when they were five years old and, um, you know, it was something that, that they were destined to do. And, and, and that wasn't my narrative. But my narrative is also something I own now because like the stuff I make, you know, principles of pleasure, you know, I did another series or another special on mental health. Like everything I make now is I put like my life and my experience and my soul into it. And I realize like, it always comes back to compassion. Like, can I make something that makes people feel better about themselves and makes them nicer to other people? Cause I think. You know, again, like I, I really want to like check myself and say I have had a lot of privilege. You know, I, you know, I went to a fancy school. I, I did have choices and I had options, but I do think in society, especially, um, you know, for women who want to do big things, there is some voice somewhere that's always saying, hmm, really? Are you the one? Okay. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older. 
and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back. Niharika, you, you did skip over one one line of your resume that I just would like to briefly touch on. Oh, yes. Which is being an MTV VJ. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, this is the most amazing just like fact that I, is at the end I'm of your bio very casually. <laughs> An MTV VJ is, first of all, the dream job of every member of Generation X. So you've accomplished that. It was it was wild. Yeah. Okay. So this is a great example. I don't think I fully enjoyed it. A, because I was, I thought, oh, well, is this a job? Is this a career? I don't know. And I like, 
I was editing a feature length documentary for Showtime at the time about a human rights activist, which was like also a phenomenal life changing experience. But I would like be in the edit room crying, like watching footage of like, you know, someone who led a very like tortured life. And then I would like rush up to the studio and like do like two hours of glam and then be like, Justin Timberlake is bringing sexy back. <laughs> and I felt. I felt insane. And now I'm at a stage in my life where I can enjoy, I can enjoy like sort of the absurdity, juxtaposition, paradox, whatever you want to call it of that. And just be like, this is me. This is fully me. I can make a film about a human rights activist. And I can also, you know, be a VJ for MTV world. But at the time I didn't appreciate, I like, I, I appreciate it. I didn't, um, I don't think I fully owned it and mm. and um yeah so i was <laughs> i was a vj for mtv world mtv basie was a channel that was launched for people of the diaspora they did they did it for the um asian like different subset subsects of the asian diaspora and yeah it was it was a bonkers wild time and um i don't know my um you know, the whole time I'm like, what's this really going to lead to? I mean, who really like, what happens to a VJ? Do they actually have careers? And like my male counterpart is this like brilliantly talented actor named Utkarsh, who's like in a CBS series right now. <laughs> and he was in Pitch Perfect. And, then oh my gosh. <laughs> and meanwhile, I was like, mm, where's this really going to lead to? Nowhere. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was a wild time. And again, like not to keep, I guess the reason why I keep banging this drum is because one thing I want to teach anybody younger than me, um, or older than me, uh, my kid, anybody is we really need to like remove that voice that is like, like, who do I think I am? Here's my question. Can mm. the two of you just kind of, speak to your friendship and how you have sustained it since 1995. I mean, that's coming on almost 30 years of friendship. Yeah. That crazy? <laughs> that's insane. Um, can I, can I say, can I say a couple top line things, Dor? Yeah, go I, for it. I think our friendship has changed. It's been this malleable substance that has changed in it over the years. Um, and I think one of the things I actually think I feel like in the past, I've, I've always loved you, but I think in the past, <laughs> don't you, feel, don't you feel like our like joint IVF journeys have like added this new new dimension to our like yeah our sisterhood yeah and i mean our kids have the same birthday our wow. ivf kids our ivf are... babies have the same birthday a year apart <laughs> which is wild yeah yeah for sure i mean i think it's like it's all kind of of a piece of like what you were talking about you know, being on the eve of 45 and kind of feeling like you're coming into your own professionally and having all these revelations. And I think that like a lot of, a lot of people that I was friends with, 
in college or my early 20s, like we have not evolved in the same way. You know, like we are in very different places now in our 40s than we were. And I'm not friends with them anymore. And I feel like our friendship path, like meandered a bit, but like we have ended up in the same place. And I feel like it's a combination of like shared experiences. I do think shared values. Mm -hmm. Also, like you're really funny. You make me laugh. (laughs) And, you know, there's just like. We have immigrant dads with selective hearing. We have have immigrant dads with selective (laughs) hearing. We both have wacky moms. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, you know, I just, I I think that, I, I think you're right. Like IVF was a challenge for both of us, um, in a way that did bring us closer together. I um, think I also just have this theory that a lot of my my friendships with women are like romantic comedies and like just like more like epic movies than, you know, my my romance with my husband. I do feel like, you know, this if someone made the movie about like me and Dory, it is this like beautiful like there is this act structure to it and and, it's 27 you know, dresses. It's, 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 no, it's 27 dog collars. <laughs> um, you insist you were not wearing a dog collar at Human Bingo, but that is not my memory, but whatever. It's fine. I, I had like, I had a very elegant, um, thin, red patent leather dog collar that I would wear. <laughs> Kate's I'm dying. No, it's just it's so peak. Like it's I mean, just so I had perfect a drain of the time. Like I mean, like what? <laughs> yes. Um, but I what? do. I do feel like I got it. I do feel like I got it from like Trash and Vaudeville oh. <laughs> sometime in like 1997. No, not Trash and Vaudeville. Where would we go on like Saint Marks? I feel on like Saint I got Marks. It. There were just all those stores that like yeah. didn't have names. <laughs> yeah, where, where you're just like leather wristband. Um, yeah, I I do, but I do. You know, I, I the wallet chain chain was like omnipresent in in like yes, our was. relationship from the word go. Yeah. Um, so that is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I think it's a cliche, but I think that in our case, it's true. We're like, you know, Niharik and I don't talk every day and sometimes weeks or even months go by where we're not in contact, but I know that like I can reach out to her about anything Mm -hmm. at any time. And also we just like, we do just pick up right where we left off. Um. Yeah, there's like, no form. There is no formality. I feel like we pick no. up as if we were sitting in our living room. Yeah, in Philadelphia in 1999. Yeah, watching the X Files <laughs> with Kathy Evans, <laughs> with Kathy and Jake, um, and, and Becca Falcoff, and Becca. Yeah. Um. All right, Niharika, we do have to wrap. I mean, I was. Mm. I feel like we could talk about. You know, we could talk for hours, but I, it's very late in Istanbul now, and we should let you go. But before we let you go, yes, can you talk about your skincare routine? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I can. I have, I have like chronic debilitating eczema, 
So, so we, we, we start with a base of that. Um, and I really don't have, I will say I've developed a routine now because again, because maybe it was like the nap revelations, but I'm taking mm. way better care of my skin. I used to just literally be like, I'm washing things off with soap and I'm putting a layer of like, um, a vino or something like horribly thick on my face. But I am now, I have a morning, like post, post shower. I use rose water toner all over my face. And then I have a vitamin C serum that I put mm-hmm. under my eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I dab a little bit of, um, and this is like, this is me. This is me being like, I value you, Niharika. Let's, let's get into that cucumber mm. eye cream. Um, then I do a little bit, a little dab of Kiehl's cucumber eye cream. And then, um, and then I slather a vino all over my face. So there's a, there's a multi-step skincare routine. And then at night, I just wash everything off with, um, like I have a makeup remover, Turkish makeup remover, and I just take it all off. Um, and I don't do anything crazy at night because I have very, very sensitive skin. Like if I look at a skincare product that I do not know, like if I even just look at it, I get, I feel like I get eczema everywhere. So <laughs> God, it's, <laughs> it's my cross to bear. We get a lot of listeners who write in about eczema. It sounds extremely challenging. It's very challenging. Um, and I do think like bookending this with the nap like honestly sleep makes my eczema go away i also i have stopped like i've been doing like elimination stuff so Mm. i don't eat dairy now or that much like starch because i felt like it was giving me eczema everywhere as a fellow eczema sufferer but not to the extent that you have it i Yes, it's, it's, it's such a challenge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this was so fun. Thank you for coming on the pod. Um, where can our listeners find you, follow your work, etc.? Um, well, I have a private Instagram account, so nobody can really find me anywhere. Um, but you can watch Principles of Pleasure. You can go. I do want to, I want to mention to everybody if they are interested, intrigued by what we've talked about, they should definitely watch the series. But also we have, um, some of the experts from the show have curated some resources and there is a website to go to. If you want to learn more, if you want tools to talk to your children about their bodies, you can go to www.principlesofpleasure.org. Um, and there's a resources page. So I feel very passionately about, um, spreading the love on that, including forever 35, former forever 35 guest, Emily Nagoski. <gasps> yeah, Emily Nagoski. She's the best. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's the yeah. Um, well, thank you. This was so fun. This uh, was and I got really to talk to you so for like nice. an hour. So that was the best part. <laughs> also, can I just say I love that you call Dory Door because that is the nickname listeners have given her on this podcast. That and it's just so sweet to hear it from someone who's known you for so long, Dory. 
Well, well Marga also I, calls me Dodo. I call her Dodo. <laughs> another, another great nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I call her Dora, call her Dodo. And Kate, it's so nice to meet you. I feel it's like so I know you. you. I know. Likewise. I'm, I'm so know. sad we've never met IRL, but hopefully someday. Yeah, when I come day. to Istanbul is really what yeah, it's going to happen. We do Forever 35 in Istanbul. Oh, Please do. Turkey. Dory, have you ever been to Turkey? I've never been. No, I've never been. Okay. I well, really want to go. Again, I do too. <sighs> okay. We can come watch Goldie while you nap. Oh, man. That oh, that's be the a best. great idea. Honestly. There you go. Yeah, that's how we're going to do it. All right. Well, Kate. I loved having Naharika on and getting to watch the two of you like be be old buddies really made my yeah. heart sore. Every time she called Aww. you Dor, I was like, I'm dying. I love it so much. Oh. Like there's just something fun about meeting a friend's a longtime friend. Like you just feel like you're yes. meeting another part of them of them and it's really special. I just loved it. Also, she's amazing. She's like she's just amazing. So I'm so glad that you got to meet her. <sighs> well, Kate. Well, Kate, Ooh. how did your mental health slash dog walk go? Okay, I did it this morning. I didn't want to. And I was like, I know I owe it to you dogs. You need a walk. You need to be mm. free in the world and to poop on mm -hmm. other people's grass. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I did it. It's 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 just the kind of thing where I have to like get up and do it and not sit down after I drop my kids off at school. I have to like immediately walk mm. in the door and then do my morning walk mm -hmm. with the dogs. Cause I actually really love it. It's I love to look at the flowers. I love to smell the beautiful, fresh Southern California air that we're having right now mm -hmm. with the jasmine. Like I just yes. So I, I kinda did it, but I need to I need to keep just making my ass move that first thing in the morning. Yeah, that's the hard you know? part. You know, I so went on a walk with Henry this morning. Um, Henry's nanny is sick. He's also on spring break from preschool. Um, so Matt and I have been splitting childcare duties and it's supposed to, it's going to be really hot here in LA today through, through the next couple of days. And so I was like, Oh, I got to take him on a walk this morning or else it's going to be like way too hot later. So I hear you. I'm just like, but it's hard to like motivate, you yes. know, like first thing in the morning. But then it's incredibly pleasant. <clears throat> yeah. I'm it's really also like glad. a beautiful time of day. Totally. I'm really glad that we did it. Um, so yeah. So what about this week, Kate? What do you got going okay. on? Okay. This week is a real Kate Spencer special. So oh. I have this like, basket under my bedside table where I store all the pills that I take. So vitamin, you know, the okay, Prozac okay. and Wellbutrin. And I bought four, I bought a month's worth. I, okay. I have a one week pill pack that I normally, pill pack? What's it called? Pill container. What are those things called? Um, pill organizer? Thank you, Dory. I have a one week pill organizer that I use, but I hate adding to it so much that I bought myself three more so I could put yes. in a month's you worth of pills. You talked about this in uh, the Forever 35 newsletter. Right, right. Well, guess who took the basket out from under her bedside table, put all the bottles of pills and vitamins onto the dining room table, and then for two weeks, 
has let them sit there and hasn't put any of those pills into the containers and has instead just like opened the bottle, taken their pill and put it back down on the dining room table and just like let the bottle sit there while we eat meals. And yeah. So hmm. what, who? Mm, that who has done me. that? That would be oh. me. Surprise. Wow. Surprise I twist I to am the surprised. story. I yep. am surprised. So I have to do this. I don't know okay. why. I thought I had come up with this great plan, and then it turned out it was like the worst plan, and now I'm in hell with these pills, and they just, they're just sitting there staring at me. <sighs> and they won't go away. And so, yeah. And part of me thinks that maybe... I was mistaken because it's annoying to open every little pill container <sighs> lid. Uh-huh. I don't know. What uh-huh. did I do? Mm-hmm. What did I do? So mm-hmm. so that's where I'm at. So that's what I got to do this week. I got to get those pills mm-hmm. into the organizer and get them off the dining room table. Okay. I, I think this is doable for you. <sighs> it's been, they've been sitting there for two weeks. <laughs> just two weeks and i'm talking like 30 bottles because part of me needs to like throw out the things that i don't use or that are old anyway uh, it's embarrassing you know kate i saw a um cartoon the other day and i'm going to forget who did it or really be able to say anything substantive about it but it was basically about how you how one um leaves flowers in their vase until long after they have died. Oh, which is the thing that I I do. I do this too. Yeah. So I don't know. I was just sort of reminded of that. Like sometimes there's just things in the house that like become part of the scenery and you just sort of like, so true. You just accept them. And then when you actually (laughs) stop to think about them, you're like, wait, why have I had those dead flowers in a vase for five oh weeks? Like that's, that's actually so kind of gross. I mean, it's like the piles that just become like yes. permanent fixtures. Oh, totally. If someone walked into my office right now, they would be like, do you know that you have like literal piles that are like the size of your son of like <laughs> crap? And you'd be like, yeah, I do. I like, do I, know. I know. I know. It's. I know exactly what's in those piles. Okay. Yeah. I can tell you where to find everything in this post. Uh, um, the worst. Anyway. Well, Kate, I was going to do some hip and hamstring yoga. I think I did it once. We are also recording this a little earlier than we normally do. That's right. I've got a schlep to New York. So we're- so I have a couple of days left technically in my week to um, do some more. But I do feel like I need to do some more. Just been feeling a little, a little stiff lately, if you will. I understand that. That's a that's, yeah. I'm not feeling my knees are really creaking it up a storm right now. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, you know what I want to bring back this week in my life? My nightly to do list brain dump. You know, one of a, a classic early Dory self care practice from when we've start. You were doing this before Forever Thirty Five. You were a nighttime notepad scribbler. Yes. And I haven't been doing it lately. And I do feel like, I, like I, I'm like i sort of like disoriented when I wake up. Yeah, because you don't have that so thing to, to kind of roll over yeah, and look at. I need to just like go back, do a brain dump. And I think I'll feel more settled going to sleep. Mm. So that's my intent 
for the week. Now, I have a question for you. Okay, you I'm listening. S- do you still do yoga toes? Oh my God, Kate, I cannot believe you just asked me that. Okay. I'll tell you why. I had stopped doing yoga toes <gasps> for more than a year. What? A very long time. Okay. Literally three days ago, I was like, oh, wow. Like my third and fourth toes are really like crowded together lately. I need to go back to doing yoga toes. And I've been doing them every night. Shut up. Yes. Stop. I was That's really so thinking funny. about it lately where I was like, is Dory still yoga toes? I mean, I'm back i'm back doing them i'd stopped doing them not like not for any real reason i think i was just sort of like eh, whatever yeah it wasn't like i was like i hate this like i was just like, and then yeah, you fall out of practice yeah you fall out of practice and then i actually now i'm like oh i think they were actually making a difference so i'm back on the yoga toe train i'm happy to report just getting back in bed just pulling out those yoga toes mm-hmm. and you're popping them on yeah. Ooh, and they hurt. They they really do stretch out your toes. They do stretch things out. Yeah, they do. They do. Well, I'm so glad we got that update, Dory. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for asking. Well, maybe do your yoga toes and get that uh, that nightly to do list in order again. Yeah, I mean, my life will be so will just feel so different. <sighs> um. Well, Kate, I think that wraps up the show. Does it not? That wraps up the show, Dory. Yeah. Uh, well, Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Schaffer and Kate Spencer, and it's produced and edited by Sam Junio. Sam Reed is our project manager. Our network partner is Acast, and we thank all of you for being here. Bye, everyone. <laughs>